1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12 through 16, the Bible says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange is happening to you. He says, but rejoice. Somebody say rejoice. Insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory, somebody say his glory, when his glory is revealed. Verse 14 says, if you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed. That's not popular preaching, is it? When you are insulted, I'll read it again for emphasis, for the name of Christ, you are blessed. See, some of us only think we're blessed when we're driving new cars and things of this nature. But he says, when, I'll read it for three times for emphasis, when you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed. Because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or a meddler my 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 yet if anyone suffers as a christian let him not be ashamed but let him glorify god in that name so when he's talking about suffering and he's dialoguing and sharing around this he's making it clear that we understand what type of suffering he's referring to and what our suffering is a consequence of and what it's not supposed to be a consequence of but i love this because he starts by saying don't be surprised at the fiery trial somebody say the fiery trial let's bow our heads as we go before the lord in prayer and then i want to jump right into this word um, we're going to the book of daniel on today and god i just thank you so much for this preaching opportunity thank you so much lord for the power of the Holy Spirit that has been manifest in our midst thus far. Thank you, Lord, that we get to gather in person and online to be able to experience this power. And so even in this moment today, God, I ask that you would bless our time together. Lord, I pray that Holy Spirit, you would go and confirm this word in the hearts of those who are hearing both in the house and online. Lord God, we come against every distraction, everything that has been put in place to destroy or to uproot that which you are going to put down on today. And Lord God, while you're blessing us here at Serve City, I ask that you would be with your church all over this GTA. Lord, wherever your gospel is being preached, I pray that you would move powerfully. For we don't see other churches as our competition, but we see them as our co-laborers. And Lord, even all around the world, wherever the gospel is being preached, let your power be demonstrated for your glory. And Lord God, we thank you for that which you are getting ready to do and for what you have already done. In Jesus' name, let everybody say amen. On your way to your seats, look down your neighborhood with your mask on and tell them God does messy miracles. Come on. Look at somebody else. Don't touch them. Uh, maybe give them an air high five. Tell them God does messy miracles. God does messy miracles. Uh, and so, listen, I'm excited about this word, and I'm excited about this series, and I'm believing that God is going to do mighty things as a result, as we shared even on this past Sunday 
uh, as we tuned in and, and as we jumped, concluded our, our Blood, Sweat, and Tears series, I challenged you all around the fact uh, that God is doing a new thing. Somebody say a new thing. And oftentimes, because of our revertive perspective, because we're always looking back in retro, with retrospective analysis at the things that happened prior to the challenges that we're facing, we often will say, man, how much I miss Egypt. And we look to go back as opposed to embracing the, what God says. He says, I'm making a way in the wilderness. Come on, somebody. A way in the wild. And he says that I am causing springs and making streams, not mirages. Come on. But streams in the desert. And so even in this season where many people would look and say, man, this is out of the ordinary. This is crazy. Nothing good can come out of here. How many of you know that God is still able to do exceedingly? I feel like I have a church in here today. Exceedingly online and abundantly above all that we could ask or think. That's where this E320 swag came from uh, at surfcity.ca forward slash swag. That idea, because we want to wear it, we want to walk it, we want to talk it, that we believe and we truly trust that God is able to do more than we could ever ask or think. And, I, I, you know, the thing about this series, and I just want to give some uh, premise and give a little, uh, set some foundation as we talk and as we move in, uh, because I want us to understand when we usually think about God's movement, a miracle is supernatural inter intervention. It's when God, 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 just as he's done in the past, and this is why we gather, because of the gospel, the good news that God left heaven and came into earth and literally came and intervened in the midst of the mess that we were in. This is the gospel, right? But the fact is that because of the gospel, uh, there are things that God does. This is just the starting point, but God is still moving in our midst. He's still making ways in the desert or in the wilderness. He's still causing streams to come forth in the desert. He's doing these things. And oftentimes, notice the question he asked Israel uh, in, 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 in Isaiah chapter 43. And we're going to look at this again today. But he looks back and he says to them, do you, I'm doing it, but do you perceive it? And this was the challenge that I had uh, for you guys last Sunday. And I want to encourage you again this wise and kind of use this as the springboard uh, into this new series to challenge your perspective. Are you perceiving that which God is doing? Because the miraculous doesn't always look like fire from the sky. Sometimes, sometimes God is moving in our midst right now. And we often are missing it. We're missing it. We're missing it uh, because we are looking for something grandiose. And oftentimes God is doing grandiose things and we are missing it because we are looking for the minuscule. But how many of you know that God is not to be put in a box? And this is why we always have to have our eyes and our hearts open. You know, I, and this is where I want to jump in and, and start this wise because I will never forget, man, recently... Uh, you know, I was in a season and I said, God, you know, I, I, I love and I'm grateful for the times when you have come through. And I have testimony upon testimony. If you talk to me for a day, I could talk to you, fill the entire day. 
with stories of God doing the miraculous, of cancer disappearing, of people coming back, you know, of all sorts of crazy things happening. I mean, I'll, I'll be sharing some more of these testimonies and things as time goes on. But even with this, in my, even in my own life, I was, I was reminiscing. And God, this is when God started saying, hey, I'm doing a new thing. And so what ends up happening is this. I was out. My wife and I, we were out for dinner uh, with, some, with some good friends of ours. We were out for dinner. And we, I'm not going to name the restaurant, you know, uh, but we were out for dinner. We were enjoying an incredible evening and we were talking about there's some church planters that we uh, that we are uh, that are some mentees of ours and people that we get to uh, be get to be able to cover. And we were spending some time and chatting it up and talking with them. And we enjoyed some good food. You know, I mean, it was it was good. We enjoyed it. The talk was great. You know, we had a blast and we're getting ready to leave and so before we went out the lady's like yo do you want some dessert and so i'm sure she didn't say yo i do you want some dessert she was like that was just the, the scarborough man just popping every now and again just, but she was like you guys want some dessert so here's the menu so she brought the menu and we're there and i got the menu and when i'm looking at the menu i'm like okay i want there was this, some cookies and cream ice cream uh, and I believe it had a brownie in there. I think it had a brownie in there or something. I forgot, you know, some of y'all are trying to figure out, what restaurant is this? No. But, yo, the man them were marved, and what I ate just was not going to, you know, suffice. I had, to, I had to get the dessert. So, you know, everybody else was playing cute and stuff. They were like, okay, we'll just get this and we'll share this. I'm, I don't share with nobody. My wife does not share. I, yo, it vexes me so much when we go through the drive-thru. Any men know what I'm talking about? Babe, do you want something? Do you want something? Uh, no, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'll just, maybe, maybe she'll just, I have a water. And then by the time we come, by the time we, we, we get past or get, it's either when we get to the window, which is the worst. Actually, I changed my mind. Or when we leave and we're on the way home, can I have a sip of your drink? No, fam, you can't have a sip of my drink. Online, you know what I'm talking about? But anyway, I was, I was like, if you see, babe, can we just get, she always with these uh, specials that they have. I'm like, I don't want the special. You get your own, and this, is, this special is mine, right? So I got my stuff, and I'm, you know, and I'm there, and I'll share anything with you, but not my food. So we're enjoying, I'm enjoying my ice cream, and I'm just going in, and I'm just digging. It was so good. It was cookies and cream. It was so delicious, and they're eating, and we're just continuing our conversation and suddenly, as I continue to eat, um, and I'm digging in. I'm not even thinking about it because of the cookie crumbles and stuff that's in there. I'm just digging in. I'm eating. I'm enjoying it. And right when I got, I was getting ready to put the spoon in and put it into my mouth. And as I put it into my mouth, I heard, stop and don't swallow. I heard, don't swallow. And it was one of those moments where I heard it clearly, don't swallow. And I stopped abruptly. I almost swallowed, right? And then in that moment, I put my tongue down and I felt something sharp stab me in my tongue. Come on, somebody. And I, I spat out in that moment and it was a shard of glass that was in my ice cream. When I tell you, even for you witches that keep coming up in here, come on, somebody. And you think, I curse you at the root. And you better repent and stop this stupidness. Oh, wait, but then, okay, let me read it back in. They went and they looked. And they checked the whole prep area. 
wasn't no broken glass anywhere. They checked and they said, we have absolutely no clue, sir. And not only did they pay for the food and they did all that and gave us vouchers and stuff because they didn't want us to sue their tails. So they were real nice to us. But in that moment, split second, I was eating the ice cream good the whole time. Enjoying the cookies and cream crumbles and all of that. Tell me how. All it took. And I mean, I could, after that, I literally was in, I literally was in my bed. I, I couldn't sleep without thinking about it, thinking about it. a split second. And I would have swallowed that shard of glass and it would have cut up the inside of my throat, possibly could have done worse. And in that moment, in that moment, I realized and I was reminded about how God does like the older folk used to say. He protects us not just from danger seen, but danger seen and unseen. Oh, anybody know that there's stuff that God does in your life where he intervenes? Come on, somebody, that you don't even know about? I mean, I've given praise for the stuff that I know that he's sparing me from when you see the thing happening and he stops it. But how about the stuff that you don't even know? Oh, my. Somebody ought to give God praise and clap those hands even online. You ought to give the Lord glory for the stuff that he does that's unseen. In that moment, I almost swallowed that glass. You should have seen the people in the, the restaurant. They were astonished. The woman was about in tears because they were all thinking about what could have happened. But in that moment, God intervened with my ice cream. Oh, my, my, my. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what I love about it is, note this, God, he could have done it where he allowed me to see the glass before I put it in my mouth. But sometimes, here, you'll see where I'm going in a second. Sometimes God will allow you to get in it and he'll display his power in the midst of it instead of bringing you out first. Come on. How many of you know that sometimes God does his best work right smack dab in the middle of the mess? Yeah. And some of you are running away from what it is that you are facing in this moment. You are running away and some of you, you look and you say, well, I wish that God hadn't have allowed X, Y, and Z to happen. But the mere fact that your God is able, here it is, they're going to hear me say this like a broken record, to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you can ask or think according to the power that works in you. Even as you are running through the wilderness, Brian, come on somebody, and stop is popping up how many of you know that when you look and you think it's over that God is not done yet it's not over until God gets the best glory possible come on somebody and I'm standing before you today does it mean that I'm always or that we always make it out of situations and things of this nature no but I'm grateful that at that time that God allowed and demonstrated his miraculous power that in that moment when I could have swallowed that glass and cut up the inside of my throat and all that that he stopped that he spoke to me and told me to stop and my mouth came out without a cut come on somebody without a scrape come on and I ended up getting blessed because I got a voucher after two. Oh my So look, I want to tell you this because it was a messy miracle. Yeah. 
I was eating it. It was, it, was, it was messy. I was all up in it. And this is where how God displayed his power. Sometimes, sometimes uh, this is the way that he does this. And I want you to look, if you will, at the book of Daniel. What book did I say? I want to explore this story, a familiar passage uh, to some, but new to some of you uh, in scripture. Daniel is in the first half of the Bible to those who are, for those who are new to Bible. And I want to encourage you to jump in, if you will, and let's go ahead and look at this. So uh, this is, this is powerful because uh, as we go to Daniel chapter three, as you're turning there, we read a scripture uh, where Peter, we started out where Peter is saying, don't, he says, don't be surprised when the fiery trials come upon you and he makes it clear that we're not to be surprised and we should rejoice because we're sharing in Christ's sufferings the things that we experience as Christians we ought to instead of shrinking back and dodging them and running away uh, eat when we stand for that which is right what we ought to do is we ought to open ourselves up so that God's glory can be revealed and in that moment, I could have cussed out the waiters. I could have tripped out. They were surprised at how calm I was. Come on, somebody. And I was able to tell them in that moment. And then they're like, oh, you're lucky. No, ma'am, I'm not lucky. I'm blessed. Come on, somebody. I'm not lucky. I'm loved. I was able to tell them that it was a God. Hey, I feel him. That was looking out for me. It's a gospel that I need to preach. It's some children that need their daddy. And consequently, God was protecting me in that moment. And all of my witness would have been lost if I had lost it. Oh my. And some of you are ineffective in the midst of your mess because you've lost it instead of using it as an opportunity by God's grace to give him glory. Are you with me? So Paul is saying this to people that are, if you look at the beginning of, of uh, if you look at the beginning of First Peter, it's, it's exiled Christians, Christians. We're still in Daniel. We're still in Daniel. Just giving you some background. He says it's, it's Christians, uh, Jews and Gentile Christians who are exiled. And, and, cons and he's actually speaking to them. Watch this. He's speaking to them as individuals. When he's talking about strangers, he uses these words in First Peter chapter 1. When he's talking about strangers. He's not just referring to people being strangers from their homeland if they're Jews, uh, being strangers from Jerusalem. But he's talking about the fact that as Christians, uh, we, are, we are strangers in this world. When you become a Christian and a follower of Jesus, you are no longer a citizen of this earth. Who's with me? And so this is this, what you don't believe me. Let me show you in the book. Uh, you know, keep your finger in Daniel. If you want to turn here, you can. Uh, nonetheless, uh, I'm just stopping here, making a pit stop uh, to grab some juice from the corner store. Uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21 says, But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody say Jesus, because I love it. Don't put some caffeine in that voice. Say Jesus. Jesus Christ who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. And so here he tells us that our citizenship is not on this earth, but when you become a Christian, your citizenship is in heaven. One more time, say heaven. 
Citizenship is in heaven. And so he's calling them strangers. And he's saying, as we, because this can apply to us as well as Christians, we are strangers in this earth. This is not our home. Come on. We are just passing through. And with this in mind, with this in mind, it is important for us to have this understanding as we are living. You are not called to fit in. You are not called to have the same perspective as those who are around you who are worldly and who are ungodly another broken record for uh, uh, psalm chapter 1 verse 1 and onward blessed is the man that walks uh, not after the counsel of the ungodly nor stands in the way of sinners nor sits in the seat of the scornful but his delight is in the law of the lord and on the word of god does he meditate day and night that person will be like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water that will bring forth fruit in his season his leaf will not wither and whatsoever he does will prosper that's bible y'all and so you got to get that in your spirit so look where citizenship is not is not of this earth somebody say my citizenship is in heaven and I love this story because with this in mind, and he tells us, he's challenging us how to suffer well and how to position ourselves, help me Jesus, for the glory of God to be manifest in every situation of our lives. Your situation and your perspective and your positioning should be such to the place where it becomes a stage for God to get the glory. And so look. Uh, there's a story in the book of Daniel and this book uh, is powerful because in the book of Daniel uh, there are amazing prophetic revelations that have to do with the end of time but not only does it have to do with the end of time it also it also there are powerful stories and that are accounts that kind of are intermingled uh, of God's goodness and his strength and his miraculous power at work in the lives of his people while they were in Babylonia in exile so this is why this connection is is powerful and i wanted to share from this story to start out uh, this series because as we're talking about suffering well and using our suffering and the challenges that we face as a platform and an opportunity for god to get the glory uh, these guys who were uh, citizens of judah these are individuals who were taken away as we kind of spoke about last week because of sin and idolatry and things of this nature, these people were taken away into this place called Babylon for 70 years. But even while they were in Babylon, God was still declaring that he was going to do the miraculous. And these things that we see in the book of Daniel for the sake of historicity is just to show us that God's presence is still at work even in the midst of a heathen land. And you know, this is why we need to understand for those who don't think that God is involved in the systems of this world, that God is involved on a governmental level and things of this nature. And we just be like, okay, Jesus is king. So as a result, I don't need to vote and all this stuff. No, your tail needs to vote still. And God, okay, y'all were mighty quiet there, fam. And voting is just for the U.S., Come on, we need to take our tails to the pole too when it comes time to vote. And because God is involved even on and is, is speaking even on a governmental level. And oftentimes he puts us as agents and uses us in the systems of the world to be able to demonstrate and declare his kingdom come. 
and his will be done. Oh my, I wonder if I have a church online. Uh, as it is in heaven, let it be so on this earth. And so here we find our stories about Daniel, but I want to look at this one uh, with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Come on, somebody. I want to I look at this story today because it's powerful. And for those who are familiar, watch this, with this story, I don't want you to tune me out right now. Because you're like, this, this is why we often, I heard this this week as I was studying, we often miss what God wants to share because we think that the, the power of God's word is just in uh, our knowledge of it as opposed to us understanding that there's power in its ability to be relevant. In that, watch this, you can hear the same thing over and over again. And in a different season, it is impactful and potent because of what it means right now. Okay. So look. So look. Let's jump in. And for those who are new to it, I want you to check this story out. So uh, the story starts in, in Daniel chapter 3. What chapter did I say? Y'all are still with me? You're still with me online? Okay, here we go. It says in verse, in chapter 3, verse 1, King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold. Someone say an image of gold. Whose height was 60 cubits and its breadth 6 cubits. He set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then King Nebuchadnezzar sent to gather the, stra the satraps, sorry, the prefects uh, and the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the justice, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces to come to the dedication of this image. Somebody say the image of gold that the king Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And then he goes on and he makes it clear and says, then the satraps, the prefects, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the justices, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces gathered for the dedication of the image that the king Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up and the herald proclaimed aloud, you are commanded, O peoples, nations, languages, that when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, there, trigon, harp, bagpipe. Child, I thought we had instruments. And every kind of music, you are to fall down and worship the golden image that the king Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall immediately be cast into the burning fiery furnace. I think this is a good place for me to give you uh, my title for today. Uh, talking about messy miracles. I want to tell you uh, part one is going to be called a hot mess. My God. Look at somebody tell them a hot mess. A hot mess. Somebody put it on in the chat. A hot mess. A hot mess. Because this is a setup for a hot mess. He says anybody who does not worship uh, once it's set up is going to be immediately cast into a burning fiery furnace. Number verse 7 says therefore as soon as all the people heard the sound of the horn and all of these instruments all of the people's nations languages see this here fell down and worshiped the golden image that came King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Now, I want you to note this. Here, this is worship that is taking place. They are sojourners. They are strangers in this land. And the king in this moment sets up a golden image, which I'm getting ready to deal with that in a moment. But it's powerful because uh, as he sets up this golden image, he commands that everybody is to fall down and worship. In other words, there is a pattern. There is something that is supposed to be happening in this moment. There is a there is a command. There is a declaration by the world as to how they are to respond at what has been set up. 
Now, before I even deal with this, I want to talk about the fact that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I want you to understand that their names were not even those names in the first place. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How about, how about, not only, not only did they take them from their land. Uh, this sounds, this sounds all too familiar, don't it? Uh, not only did they take them from their land, but they also gave them new names. And these names, I want you to understand, uh, their names originally were, ha they were Hebrew names. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Everybody say Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And these names, Hananiah means Yah, or which is short for Yahweh. Yahweh, which is the most high God. Yahweh is gracious. And not only this, Mishael, Mishael, uh, name, the name means who is uh, what El is. Another name for the, our Hebrew most high God. Who is what El is. In other words, who is likened unto our God. And not only that, Azariah means Yah has helped. Or Yahweh has helped and so these names that they had were odes and were celebrations of the most high god come on somebody and their identity was tied to the most high god but then these when they got here not only did they change their diet to be that of the world system because they were trying to put them in this position but they also gave them worldly names they gave them Babylonian names and the Babylonian names were similar, if I could just deal with it, similar to the names they had. But they changed out the, uh, the, 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 the God that was in there to be likened unto their Babylonian gods. So Meshadrach, Shadrach, the name that he received, uh, this word Shadrach, it's the, the command of Aku who is known as the moon god. Trust me, I'm going somewhere. Somebody say he's going somewhere. Not only that, Meshach, Meshach, uh, it's meaning who is as Aku is. So in other words, they're switching out the name of who their God is, who Yahweh is, to try and replace their perspective and their identity with the gods of that world. Come on, somebody. Uh, but not only this, uh, but Abednego, uh, it means a slave of the god Nebo or Nabu, which is a variation of of uh, this this idea again a shift and a change uh, as to who the who it is that their God is supposed to be it's okay it's just partying with us right uh, so when they first show up there is a shift in their name somebody say a shift there was an attempt to change their identity there was an attempt to change watch this their loyalty through changing their identity can i give you point number one as we're talking about this and uh, uh um, noah come here real quick uh point number one here we go uh, for those who are note takers i want somebody to put this in the chat as well don't let your label change your loyalty in fact, look down, the, look down your row and tell them, don't let your label change your loyalty. 
Don't let your label change your loyalty. See, the fact is, the enemy's desire is to label us in many ways. Come on, somebody. To label us in many ways by the world's standards. His desire is to put things in place to prescribe how we're supposed to act and how it is that we're supposed to, re uh, to, to react to the things that are happening. He labels us based upon our skin color. He labels us based on our socioeconomic status. Come on, somebody. Labels us based on the positions or the jobs that we hold. We are labeled oftentimes by what the media has to say about us. And the fact of the matter is that we've got to get to the place where we do not allow the labels of the world, the things that your family told you. Come on. Somebody probably told you you will never get married. Come on. Somebody told you that you are never going to be worth anything. I wonder if it's anybody in this place. There's people, oftentimes the person who was an abuser and an accuser said all sorts of things to you. And we often will allow these things to govern and to dictate how it is that we respond or react. But how many of you know the label on my bank account does not determine the fact that my God is able to do exceedingly, here it is again, and abundantly above all that I could ask or think. And even with zero dollars in the bank, sometimes God don't even cause the bank, the bill uh, doesn't cause the money to come in my bank, but sometimes he can even cause them to get rid of the bill altogether. Man, I remember I was sitting there in my living room wondering, hey, God, how on earth are, is this bill going to be paid? It was actually a school loan. And I'm like, man, this thing is there. I didn't even finish school in that context. I'm like, how on earth am I going to get out of this? And I remember sitting there in my living room, in my couch. And as I was sitting there in my living room, in my couch, I got a message from somebody saying, God just told me to pay off your entire student loan. And there in that, maybe I'm the only person that's excited about that. Come on. If God could do it for me, how many of you know? See, I was talking about, hey, in this minute, looking, how am I going to get out? And God took care of it in that moment. I mean, there's somebody here in this place. You've been trying to wrap your mind around it. You've been spinning in circles in the wilderness. But I'm believing and declaring to our online campus and in the house that you serve a God who can make a way in the wild and cause streams to flow even in a dry place come on somebody and while you're trying to figure it out God has already worked it out come on the thing you're thinking that God is going to do to fix it and to work it out most times it's even something that you have not been able to conjure or wrap your mind around don't let your label change your loyalty are you still with me and so watch this. This is powerful because they're now compelled. They're, they're told, okay, if you think that because I'm in this land of Babylon, that the mandem are going to just bow to every God that you set up. You think we're just going to respond to the way that you have, you think that you have labeled us. We know who we are and we know who our God is. Oh my, I feel like God is just raising up a people, especially in this hour that remember who their God is. That remember, that remember, that are, don't get amnesia as to who their God is. And this is the backdrop for the miracle that's getting ready to happen. Now this is powerful because uh, Nebuchadnezzar creates an image of gold. Somebody say an image of gold. 
And why would he do such? Why is this? What does this represent? Well, in chapter 2, he didn't learn his lesson. Uh, because in chapter 2, he has an impossible dream. Uh, Daniel interprets this dream for him miraculously. And in this dream, he sees the, a statue that has a head of gold and has all these various precious materials. And, uh, th and they end up uh, depreciating over time. Uh, but he is known and labeled as the head of gold. Somebody say the head of gold. And so it's powerful because he celebrates Daniel's God, who is not in this story, but Daniel is a friend of Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And in that moment, watch this, uh, they, they, are, they are in that time, he celebrates, the king celebrates the same Nebuchadnezzar, celebrates their God. And it's powerful because after he celebrates their God, uh, he gives them elevation. But even though he celebrates God, he does not acknowledge or he, he misses the revelation of why Daniel told him there were there were prophetic implications attached to him being that head of gold but what does he do fam he goes and he says uh, instead of me just being the head of gold since you said I'm gold I'm gonna go and build a whole statue and so this statue is not a statue of their gods but this statue is a statue of himself and he, in this position, he says, you know, as a result, watch this. He misses the point of the dream from Daniel chapter 2. And he creates a whole statue of himself. How many of you know, I'm sending this thing up. Are y'all still with me? How many of you know that many of the messes that we face are created through idolatry and narcissism? So this man sets up an idol of himself. And tells people to worship him. My God, uh, there are so many things in our lives that we create. Watch this. We create messes for ourselves and for others because we miss the point of what it is that God is saying. And there are things that we build as an ode to ourselves as opposed to an ode to God. What God was showing Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel chapter 2 was not to tell him and go build something that is a glory to himself. But he was showing him that to show him what it was that was getting ready to unfold as time was going to go on. And if he actually opened himself to the revelation of the Lord and instead of idolatry and narcissism, he would have been able to see God's glory as opposed to being to a place where he walked into idolatry. What have you built as a glory to yourself? What right now in your life, what messes are created if you were to actually look at it and you're blaming the devil, but it's actually your narcissism. It's because you want to be the center of attention as opposed to being to the place where we are giving God what he is due. And so this is crazy because I, I want you to understand this. Many of the messes are created through idolatry or narcissism, but we're still in Daniel chapter three. Are you still there? Because watch this, there's this thing that is said, now in verse 8 it says, Therefore at that time certain Chaldeans came forward and maliciously, somebody say maliciously. Them was malicious in their self in these people's business. Watch, look, it says maliciously accused the Jews. Did they declared to the king Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that every man. So they go now and they rehearse to the king what it is that the king had said. How many of you know, not only are many of the messes created through idolatry and narcissism, but sometimes many of our messes are created through the jealousy and maliciousness of others. 
The man them could have probably just slipped under the radar and did their thing. But no, in that moment, there are certain Chaldeans. And notice, it even states their motive and their intent. Their motive and their intent was maliciousness. They wanted, because watch this, uh, historians believe that it's probably because in the chapter prior to this, at the end of Daniel chapter 2, is it okay for us to just look through scripture? At the end of Daniel chapter 2, they were promoted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, as outsiders. They were promoted because of their association with Daniel. But in that moment, so in this moment, these Chaldeans were probably jealous. They were probably jealous of them in this moment. And what ends up happening is they're like, nah fam, we're going to go and we're going to expose them. Come on. So many of the messes right now. There are many of you that are in messes because of somebody's jealousy towards you. But can I flip it and reverse it? Some of us are creating messes for others because of our jealousy and our maliciousness uh, towards them. Isn't that a real thing fam? And not only this, can I just paint the picture? So this is where this hot mess is coming from. It's coming because of idolatry and narcissism. But not only this, but it's also coming uh, because of jealousy and maliciousness. But somebody in this moment, you're like, people are like, well, where, where's Daniel? Because in the chapter prior to this, Daniel was the star. And Daniel even got in a position that was higher than Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And although they were in position the way that they were, Daniel was above. So couldn't Daniel call shots in this moment? Well, this is what ends up happening because they, in Daniel chapter 3, we see that the people then went and they told on them. They snitched. They had a snitch in their spirit. Come on, somebody. And they end up going and makes it clear that they are not doing this. And so Nebuchadnezzar in verse 13, uh, stay with me, I'm going somewhere. It says in verse 13, then Nebuchadnezzar in furious rage commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought. So they, he brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar asked them, is it true that you are not worshiping my, the God, the, 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 uh, my gods or the golden image that I have set up? Uh, and then he goes on and says, and he tells them um, that, that, and he asked them this question. But I want you to understand this. Watch this. Uh, th here's point number two for you. We can't always... Con Wait, actually, you know what? Let me say it this way. At the end of the day, there are certain things that we have to face. Uh, some tests, here it is. Some tests are unavoidable despite your position or your relationships. Here it is. So although they were friends with Daniel... Although they were friends with Daniel and they were in a position of high rank, their friendship with Daniel did not stop them from having to go through the fire. How many of you know that your relationship, your grandmama's God can't deliver you? Come on, somebody. How many of you know that you have to have a relationship with God for yourself? And there are certain things that we face in life that no matter who you know or no matter how much money you have, how many of you know that there are certain people, billionaires, facing the same sickness as the man them from the hood? Come on, somebody. Because no matter how much money is in your bank account, even if you are friends with with Joe Biden and you just played golf with him last week there are certain things that you and I will have to go through no matter what position you have and no matter what relationships you have even though Daniel is in Daniel is not in this story that shows that sometimes you can't call in a favor to get out the fire 
Uh, some things are inevitable because uh, this is your fire. Come on, somebody say, this is my fire. This is my fire. Uh, because God has assigned it for your life, Job. Come on. Because of what, not only what he wants to give you on the other side of it, but because oftentimes there are things that he has to work out in you and also glory that he wants to get that you have to go through this fire. And no matter who you know, somebody say, who I know. What you have or what relationships, none of those things will nullify. Some tests are unavoidable despite your position or your relationship. It's a part of it. So look now. So look, watch this. So many of these, these messages are created through idolatry and narcissism. Some of them are created through jealousy and maliciousness. Look, look, this is powerful because then we get ready to see the boy's responses. And I want you to understand this. I want you to see this. Here's another point for you. We can't always control life's messes, but we can control our messiness. Let me say it again. We can't always control life's messes, but we can control our messiness. Let's look at how they respond. What do you mean by this? What do you mean by this? I can't control the things that come into my life. Sometimes there are hot messes that show up and I, they just came out of nowhere. They came because I was doing what was right. But oftentimes the fact of the matter is that I can control how I respond. I can control if I get down there and roll around. I can control if I get involved and go back and forth. Come on, somebody. You got to get to the place sometimes. I'm living my best life. Anyway, um, so Daniel chapter 3, Daniel chapter 3, are you still with me? Here it is, verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God who we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. So they say he's able to do it and by faith they say that he is going to do it. Watch this. But if not, somebody say but if not says but if not watch this be it known to you O king that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden idol that you have set up they said listen fam we are just making it clear to you that even though we can't control this mess we're not going to get involved with it come on somebody we're not just going to lay down and die they're not going to lay down and die and the reason why is because of that scripture that pastor Andrew was talking about last week if you remember uh, in Isaiah Isaiah chapter 43 where the prophet Isaiah is declaring to these folk while they are in bondage uh, in, in Babylonian bondage for 70 years it is declared and he declares that I'm getting ready to make a way in the wilderness and streams in the desert who's with me but watch he also declares something else in Isaiah chapter 43 verse 2 through 3 it says watch this when you walk through the fire I will be with you. Come on, somebody. And so they were able to stand in the face of this idolatry and this narcissism and this jealousy in this moment, this hot mess that was in front of them, hanging on to the word of the Lord. Come on, somebody. That was better than any self-help. It was better than any of that. They had a word from God. I'm telling you, my brothers and my sisters, that we got to get to the place where we are navigating through this life with the word. Come on, put 
down that magazine and pick up the word. Come on, somebody. Put down that gossip and pick up the word. As Christians, we should be ones that hide God's word in our heart. Come on, David. That we would not sin against him. How many of you know his word? Watch this. How is he going to make a way in the wilderness? Watch this. His word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. He has designed his word to be a torchlight. Come on. And it's better than energizer batteries. Come on. Because at some point, no matter about that bunny, that bunny's going to stop. But how many of you know that this flashlight will never go out? Come on, somebody. That the fields and the grass may wither and fade, but the word of God relies, is reliable and stands forever. You got, look at somebody, tell them you got to put some word in you. Get some word in they had a word. They had a word. It wasn't just somebody up here telling them stuff. Come on, somebody. But it, they had the word, and they're holding on. They said, you can put us in this hot mess, but guess what? We are in a position at this substratum of our faith declaration is the word that when it is that we go through the fire, that God is going to be with us. Come on. Are you with me? Can I tell you something else? Fact of the matter is, watch this, spiritual maturity is seen in our willingness to obey God even if our expectations are not met. Spiritual maturity is seen in our willingness to obey God even if our expectations are not met. Note this, they don't just declare God is going to do it. God is going to get us out of the fire. They don't just say he's going to get us out. They say, we believe that he is able. Here it is, Ephesians 3.20. Uh, and by faith, we believe he's going to do it. Come on, somebody. But then they say, but if not. Somebody say, but if not. Somebody online put, but if not. Come on. There are many of us that are spoiled back brat Christians. Come on, somebody. That we are to the place where the only way that we will follow God is when he is telling us to do stuff. Or when we are looking for him, rather, to do exactly what it is that we want. But this is where we're saying, do you perceive it? And God is asking, do you perceive it? Because we don't think that a miracle can come out of this mess. But God is saying, if you would just hold on to my my word come on somebody even in the midst of the hot mess realize and understand that I am capable of making a way in the wild and putting streams in the desert somebody that believes he's able that even if he doesn't do what you think that you know he is still going to get the glory out of your situation I dare you to put those hands together come on online and give the Lord the praise too many spoiled back Christians I'm almost done. I hope you're still with me. Are you with me? Here we go. I hope this is helping somebody. Because look at verse 19. Look at the king's response. Then Nebuchadnezzar, I'm telling you, man, this is better than Netflix. Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury and the expression of his face was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Abednego. He ordered the furnace, watch this, heated seven times more than it was usually heated. 
And he ordered some of the mighty men in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then those men were bound in their, in their cloaks, their tunics, their hats, and their other garments. And they were thrown into the burning, fiery furnace. I want you to understand this. Note this. Watch this. Uh, here it is. So the king comes and he checks them and he says, you need to bow to my uh, statue that I've put up. And they're like, nah, fam, the man them are not going to do that. And then they say, and even if God doesn't do what you what we think he's going to do, we're still going to worship him and we're not going to bow to your dumb idol. Watch this. He gets Ben and he decides that he's not only going to throw them in, but he is also going to turn the fire up seven times hotter. How many of you know that controlling and manipulative people can't stand when they can't manipulate you out of their, your stance? See, witchcraft starts, witches start getting nervous when they can't manipulate you out of your stance. Come on, somebody. When people want to control you, when they want to determine what you do and how you do it and when you do it and all of this. And you take a stand. Come on, somebody. For righteousness. When the world tells you how you're supposed to respond based on the label that they have put on you. And you do different. And you say, no, I'm not going to bow. It starts making manipulative people nervous and so in this moment they're like what on earth am i supposed to do they, the king is like all right man i'm bringing reinforcements he brings mighty men to pick them up three hebrew boys not only does he bring mighty men, uh, but he also turns the fire up seven times harder. Some of you, what, the reason why the, in, the, the, the attack is so intense is oftentimes because you're making the enemy nervous based upon your stance. And there's some of you, you're like, man, why is this thing, why is it that I'm getting picked on more in my job, come on somebody, than others who are around me? You want to realize and understand that the devil does not like when he can't manipulate you. He doesn't like when he can't bully you. Come on somebody. And there are many of us that have been giving in as opposed to taking the stance because of the increase of intensity of the mess that we are up against. But I'm telling you, the hotter the fire, the more glory glory that God is going to get out of it come on somebody keep on slandering keep on turning up the fire at the end of the day if you determine that you are going to stand strong and for God and for his glory watch him get seven times more glory with the seven times of fire that is turned up y'all hearing what I'm saying cause mighty men watch this our obedience in the face of consequence often makes Satan's attack more intense. And see, watch this. This is this is nuts because uh, uh, they threw them in the furnace fully clothed. I'm coming. I'm coming down. I just, but I want you to stay there. I want you to get this. Watch this. They threw them fully clothed. This was his acknowledgement of their rank. If they weren't people of high rank or people that mattered, they would have thrown them into the fire naked. But they threw them into the fire with every in, in their clothing because and did all this extra stuff because they knew they acknowledged the rank that was on them. I just thought that was noteworthy because there's some of you that you're saying, man, it's like they're throwing me in with everything. Come on. The fact is that they're doing so because of the acknowledgement of that there's something different. There are people who can't pinpoint what it is, but they're just like, I don't like that person. Come on, somebody. Uh, there's just something that's different about them. In fact, I don't like them so much that I don't want, I don't like anything that's attached to them. So I'm going to take everything and throw. 
Anyway, watch this. So this is, this is it now. I want you to see this. So now they're thrown in the fire. And this is powerful because this is where the hot mess, it's this hot mess that is the platform for the miracle. Somebody say hot mess. This hot mess. Uh, so he, throw, he gets vexed. He turns it up higher seven times than his aunt and throws them in the fire. And the Bible says in verse 20, and he ordered some of the mighty men of his army to bind them. And he throws them in the fire. And then watch this in verse, uh, in verse 22. Because of the king's orders were urgent and the furnace was overheated, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell bound into the burning, fiery furnace. Here again, these are men, the men that threw them in the fire. They lost their lives because of the idolatry and the narcissism and the jealousy of King Nebuchadnezzar. Who in your life is being attacked and their lives are being jacked up because of your and my jealousy and our narcissism and our idolatry? Oftentimes we don't realize that our families are going to be affected, that there are kids that will be affected because of your idolatry. Because you've idolized sex above faithfulness, you don't often realize that there are children that are going to have to suffer because of broken health, because of broken homes, because you've idolatrized, you've made sex into idolatry. Who's with me on today? Y'all don't like this kind of preaching, do you? Uh, the fact is that these jailers were killed because they were operating under the command of a king that was, that was hasty in this moment and not using wisdom and was idolatrous. And consequently, they are, they are killed in that moment. But not only this, I'm almost there. He says in verse 24, then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. Somebody say astonished. Because in this moment, the uh, Bible says, uh, it, it says he was astonished uh, but rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound into the fire? This is the part that we all love. They answered and said to the king, true, O king. He answered and said, see, I see four men unbound. Watch this. Walking in the midst of the fire and they are not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. So here he, he's like, man, he don't even have the accurate language to be able to articulate who it is and who, uh, who this God or this son of a God is in this moment. But later on in the chapter, we see that he acknowledges that it is the most high God who sent a deliverer in there in the fire. Come on, somebody. So they got in this hot mess because they stood for what was right but it was in the fire key see sometimes like i told you god you have to eat the ice cream first and god did the deliverance when i was eating the ice cream sometimes it's in the fire that god does his best work of deliverance oh my some of you you thought that god had to bring you out to display his power and to display the fact that but no like he told them in isaiah 43 he says even when you go through the fire i am there with you 
And many of you have been like, God, look what happened to me. Look, I'm in the fire. And not only am I in the fire, but I am bound in the fire. But how many of you know that even in the midst of a hot mess, that God, I love that we serve a God who don't stand on the outside, but we serve a God who is famous for getting in the midst of the hell with us. Come on, somebody. He said, even if you make your bed in hell, behold, I am there. Somebody ought to give the Lord praise because even in the middle of the fire he is there and with you in that moment and so he has Nebuchadnezzar second guessing himself he has to start going asking helter skelter like hold up a second fam didn't I try to do all these things to jack them up and then they were able to see that God's presence was there in the midst of the fire but this is it this is it I'm bringing the plane down for landing and I want you to note this Uh, here it is watch this so then After this happens, uh, the Bible says in verse 26, Then Nebuchadnezzar came to the door of the burning fiery furnace, and he declared, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego came out of the fire. Somebody said they came out of the fire. Whoa, ho, ho. I often, man, I'm telling you, I, I looked over that a lot of times. Watch this. Uh, he goes near to the fire. Somebody say near to the fire. And he says, come out of the fire. Oh, my. Did he put out the fire first? No, not only was the miracle that he delivered them and caused their chains to come off while they were in the fire, but watch this. He then calls them out of the fire, and while the fire is still going, come on, somebody, instead of sitting in there waiting for the flames to go out, they walk out of the fire because they have been set free. Come on, which is also a testament to God's glory. Watch this. There are are many of you that you are, here it is, this is what the Lord showed me about this many of you are waiting for the fire to go out before you walk into the new thing that God is doing come on somebody but you got to get to the place where you say even if they don't forgive me come on somebody even if they don't stop slandering my name burn baby burn here's the last point for you stop arguing and let the fire do the talking The fire remains, and the fact that I'm no longer in it is a testimony to the glory of God and his presence in my midst, even if they never apologize. Come on, somebody. Even if you never get another job at that business again, at the end of the day, you walk into your journey of entrepreneur uh, as an entrepreneur, and you go into what it is that God has for you because of the miracle that happened in the fire. That person, many of you, the person you're waiting to hear forgiveness from is dead and in the ground and you're still in the fire no 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 when God let them broke their chains off when God broke those chains off who's with me when God broke those chains off and did the miracle Nebuchadnezzar comes and he calls them out of the fire and so even when the fire is still blazing fire's blazing but I'm out of here Stop arguing and let the fire do the talking. God didn't call you to argue. God didn't call you to go back. He says, I use this fire as a miracle. I delivered you while I'm in it. But don't stay around and wait for the flames to come out. I delivered you so you could walk out and the king could see that even while the fire is still going, here's yet another miracle. They're not only safe in the fire, but they can even come out of the fire. 
And I'm believing today that there's someone here that you are in the middle of a hot mess. I mean, it's not just a mess. It's a hot mess. And it's because many of you, because of your faithfulness, because of the standards that you have, when everybody is bowing and you're like, no, I'm not going to bow. Because you're to the place where you're staying true to what it is that God, and it's a mess. And you're like, God, look, the fire's burning. God's saying, I want to deliver you in the fire. I want it to be a, and then yet again, this King Nebuchadnezzar is able to see that the God that gave him the interpretation of that dream, which he misinterpreted in the chapter before, is the same God, the most high God. Yahweh the same God that deserves worship and he ends up commanding that anybody that disregards or overthrows or talks about or any anything related to their God even with Daniel not present that that God that that person is going to be punished severely and so in this moment today I want to just tell you as we come to a close we get ready to transition to our baptism today come on somebody make some noise for baptism shy is getting ready to be baptized and we're excited for her but even as we prepare for baptism i want to encourage you why is she getting baptized and why why do we preach what we preach why do we talk about this and the messy miracles and god displaying his glory why i love it because we serve a god who does not leave us stranded come on somebody but he is willing to get in the fire with us. There's a fire called sin. Somebody say sin. But it makes it clear that our first parents, Adam and Eve, that they disobeyed God. And as a result of their disobedience of God, there's something called sin that passed on to all mankind. This is why the Bible says in Romans chapter 3 says, but it makes it clear we all have sinned, Romans 3.23, and fallen short of the glory of of God we're all disconnected from God by birth so I say it every week we don't have to, I don't have to teach my daughter how to sin I don't teach my kids nobody had to teach me how to sin it's intrinsic it's hereditary it's something that we have in us to disappoint to disobey to go against and the wages of this sin somebody say the wages the payment for sin is death this is Romans 6 23 because of this sin we are separated from God and it's not only death I don't have to I don't have to convince you that people are dying physically that's because of sin but also spiritual death and the Bible makes it clear that those who reject Jesus is why God throughout the Bible even this was yet another display of God's protection of his people even when they're in the midst of bondage to display God's involvement in the lives of those who would call upon his name and so we are separated from God by birth but Bible says in the next part of Romans 6 23 the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ eternal life somebody say eternal life so even though we're born in sin and headed for hell and death and all that stuff we can have eternal life how do I get it? Well, here it is. Over 2,000 years ago, God, Yahweh, the same God that we were just talking about, put on flesh. Put on flesh. Was born of a virgin, miraculously. 
and is called Jesus, which means Yahweh rescues. And he came through Jesus to rescue us. Jesus lived perfect because we couldn't live perfect. And not only did he live perfectly, but he died taking our punishment, our penalty. And then watch this, because he's God, he rose from death with all power. Somebody ought to be excited about the fact that he got up. Come on, come on, come on. Somebody online. And so the fact is that now, how do we get this eternal life? He extends eternal life to us and relationship with God right now. You don't get in relationship with God by being a good person. There's no such thing by doing a bunch of good stuff. No, that's not how it is. We're not saved by our works. But we're saved from death and hell by putting trust in what Jesus has done for us. The Bible says that God loved the world so much he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him puts trust in him, gives their life to him that they would not perish but would have everlasting life. So in this moment, I invite you not just to open yourself to God doing the miraculous in the middle of hot messes but to be in relationship with him. If you don't have a relationship with him today, I want to invite you into relationship with him for the first time. You can make that decision right now at our online campus or even here in the house. Or if you've run away from him and the cares of life, the fires of life have caused you to run away. Today you can say, I'm coming back home, Jesus. You may have run away from him, but he has not run away from you. And so right now, every head bow, every eye closed in this moment, every head bow, this is a moment of decision. And there's some of you, you feel the Holy Spirit that is touching your heart, that is tugging on your heart right now. And I'm getting ready to lead a prayer of commitment. And you're like, Pastor, that's me. I want to begin a relationship with Jesus today. Or if you're like, you know what, Pastor, that's me. I want to come home today. Include me in that prayer. Every head by every eye closed. It's just between me, you, and God right here in this moment. Online, wherever you are in your living room or in your dining room, in your car, wherever you're seeing this or hearing this in this moment. So on the count of three, I'm going to ask you if that, if you're like, that person is me with every head by every eye closed. Include me in that prayer, Pastor. On the count of three, I want you to pop that hand up as high as you can between me, you, and God. Here we go. On the count of three. One, two, three. If that person is you, pop that hand up. I see that hand. Praise God. Praise God. I see that hand. And I see those hands in the spirit even online today. If you're making that decision, I see those hands. Praise God. Glory to God. And so now, serve city because we don't let anybody pray alone. Let's pray this prayer together. You can put your hand down. Let's pray this prayer together with those who have made the decision in support of their faith and as an affirmation of our faith. And so we pray and we declare and we say, God, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins and rising from death with all power. Come into my life. Make me new. Be with me now and forevermore. And I thank you for doing it right now. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Come on, if you, let's celebrate those who made decisions for Christ today. Come on, come on. Let's celebrate those who made decisions. Can we celebrate those at our online campus that made decisions for Jesus? We celebrate all of you who have made decisions for Christ. The best decision 
that you could ever make in your life.